Have you ever had a thought at the last minute and said, I wonder if I can pull that off? All right, so I had a thought at the last minute, literally about 7 o'clock this morning. All right, I can, I'm pulling this off at 9.45 because, because I had a keyboard player that, that, that I could give him a heads-up notice. I, don't ha- I didn't have that for this service because I, I came in and, and, and just asked, can either one of you, y'all know this song? No, they don't. They don't know this song. All right. Y'all remember Name That Tune? If you're old as I am, you remember Name That Tune? That was actually one of the shows I actually did watch. Um, but it obviously didn't last too long. Now they have like, don't forget the lyrics and stuff like that. But I don't know any of the lyrics on that t- TV show. But, but I'm going to play not just one note, not just two notes, but multiple notes. And I'm hoping that somebody will holler out the name of the tune. That's what I'm hoping. All right. Basically, I'm hoping you, that you recognize what I'm playing if I play it correctly. All right, that's, that's really what, I, what I'm hoping. All right. Anyone? Friends forever. Thank you. I didn't have to play the rest of it. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I was hoping that y'all would get it quickly. So I wouldn't have to remember, okay, what's the rest of that song? What's the rest of that song? Friends are friends forever, if the Lord is the Lord of them. Michael W. Smith wrote that song in 1983. Actually, he and his wife, Debbie, wrote that song in 1983, which coincidentally, last sort of family, that's when I graduated and none of you were born. All right, so, all right, well, maybe Bobby was. Bobby, yeah, Bobby, you were actually born. All right, so... And friends are friends forever, the Lord's the Lord of them. And uh, friend, basically, friends will stay friends forever. Um, a lifetime is not too long to live as friends. That has that, that's how that last chorus closes. A lifetime's not too long to live as friends. And I can imagine, and I'm almost, almost sure of this, that the majority of the high school graduations in the rest of the 80s at some point played this song toward the end of their school year, right? Because everybody just sort of got caught up in it because really, these are our friends. These are people we have gone to school with for 12 or 13 years at some time. And so a lifetime is not too long to live as friends. But is it, right? You know, I'm not going to take a hand count. Uh, My... My, my kids have done a little bit better job of keeping high school friends better than I did. I can, I can promise you that. And my son and, and daughter both are, are still in contact with some of their high school friends. Y'all want to know how many high school friends I stay in contact with, right? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a few of them. I did stay in contact with Ben. Ben was in my wedding. Uh, we were literally best friends. We were technically Mutt and Jeff because he's way up here, offensive lineman, you know, me way down here. Right, we were Mutt and Jeff. And I officiated uh, Ben's wedding. 23 years ago, I officiated his funeral. His daughter is 23 years old. His daughter is 23 years old. Uh, going to the University of Florida. Um, and, and involved in a Christian ministry there and on campus. It was, it's been great to, great to follow her in that. But, but I still remember that, at that funeral, encouraging everybody there that remind Hannah of her dad. Remind, him, remind her of who he was 
in the life that he had lived. So technically, Ben and I were friends for a lifetime, his lifetime. I've stayed in contact with Darren. Um, I officiated Darren's second wedding, second marriage. Yeah, there have been multiple. All right, so, I, so I'm still in contact. Actually, I talked to Darren two days ago. Um, we're looking at a 40-year reunion coming up and 40-year gathering or something, so I talked to him. Stay in contact with him. There's uh, an, another friend. Her name is Diantha. I've stayed in contact with her a little bit through the years, but really our, our friendship had to do more with our mutual friendship with Ben, truthfully. But that's it. That's it. When you contrast that with college, though, when, it, when I moved to college, that was unlike anything I'd been a part of. You know, that was very different than simply having high school friends that you just went to school with. Maybe you played some sports in the band and stuff like that. But when I went to college, I moved to a fraternity house. Fraternity house had 20 or, 20 or 30 different guys living there. And what were you doing? You were living life. You were doing life together there. And so, so Carl and I became best friends. And we have been never, ever since, since I graduated in 87, have never lived close to each other. Have always lived far apart. Always. But we actually just pick up right where we left off when we are able to connect in person. There's a, a group message, text message group, 13 other guys from, from our fraternity, and, and that's daily communication. Literally, daily communication with those guys. Jimmy's in that group. I see Jimmy some. He, is, he had come down to Dothan for some stuff. Uh, two other guys I saw in Houston this, this, uh, this past uh, spring. And then um, one, of, one of the guys from our fraternity group, uh, he never actually joined the fraternity. I think he got the, re- the rewards of the fraternity, but never paid dues. But he was, he was, he was our brother. And uh, he's part of our group. I saw him in Andalusia after a football game uh, last fall. Right? But, but why am I connected to these folks? Why am I connected to, to these folks? Why am I still in contact with them? Well, it's because of what happened when we were together. You know, what was going on? What did those friends do? In our, what, what were we doing together in those times? Well, I'm going I'm to tell you what happened. What do friends do? They're simply available. Simply available. It, it was easy in the fraternity house because every time you walked in the door, somebody's there. You, you, you never literally had an empty house. Even during spring break, which I didn't go to, there was always still somebody hanging around. Always still somebody hanging around. Now, there was never a time when I didn't have somebody available to do something. And that availability is even easier now, isn't it? You have instant access through text messages, through social media, through, through video calls. I, I believe there are still, still groups of, of high school people or college graduate people that, that still connect through, through the video stuff. All right? Friends are honest. What do friends do? They're honest. The, the people that I have kept up with have been honest with me. And, 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 they, and, I, and I have, I have one, one good friend on this staff that, that really keeps me in check because he, he will let me know when I'm flippant and condescending, okay? But, you know, real friends are honest. They, they, will, they will tell you when you make a bad decision. Truthfully, I wish they'd tell me before I make the bad decision, right? That would be a lot more helpful, but at least they're honest with me. You know, friends don't give up on you either. Friends don't give up on you. You know, I'm still in contact with a friend that served time in federal prison. 
right down the road in Jackson County. Still in touch with that friend. Another friend I mentioned that was been married multiple times. Um, there's one that, that always reaches out to me, encourages me, particularly in this last six to eight years when there's been multiple opportunities for transitions in my life. I've had that friend reach out to me and encourage me. Friends help each other. Friends help each other. Who, who, who do you call when you need help? Who do you call? When, when, when a friend of mine was in ministry, I supported him. Now his daughter is in ministry. I'm supporting that daughter. A num- number of years ago, I was, I needed to, I was moving, literally moving in, within the neighborhood. And I was moving myself. And that was uh, an adventure in itself because we were literally right around the corner. But I had some stuff I, I couldn't do by myself. I called up David Marshall. Member of this church. Boom, he came over there right there and, and helped me. Now... Just three years ago, we literally are next-door neighbors to David, and we're still helping each other out. Although he borrowed something from me a few months ago and hadn't given it back. But that's, you know, I know where it is. I saw it. I know where it is if I ever need it. All right? Okay? When, when, when we moved in 2020, Ashley and Wendy Hicks just jumped in and, right, and helped us move in 2020. Of course, it helped that they had a son, Big Bryson, you know, big boy. It helped because he could, he could really help with the bigger stuff. Okay, so that's what friends do. But how does being friends happen? How does being friends happen? You know, it doesn't happen overnight because we're we're in a world that we want it now. We want everything to go on boom, 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 quickly, right? You know, we we get frustrated when we're trying to download a picture and it takes thirty seconds versus three seconds. We get we get frustrated with that, right? I, I'm. My internet at my house is three, about 2.7 megabytes per second, okay? If you live in town, you're getting 30 to 100 megabytes per second, okay? God's teaching us patience in the country, okay? All right? But we, we want things to happen now. And actually, there are a lot of relationships that happen quickly, but that's not rule of friendship. That's something totally different. When, you, when, you, when, you're, when you're getting into something real quickly and, and, it, and you think, oh, this is a friendship. No, that's something else. Going a little bit too quick. Going a little bit too quick for that. We mistake it for being friends, but it's really just a, a, a different kind of relationship. You know, in 2006, I joined a local organization, local association. 2006. So there's been a lot of, a lot of guys that, that I have met since 2006, and about 20 of those guys, maybe 15 to 20, are still a part of this group that I joined in 2006. But, but of, of those original ones, I really only have, there's really only like two people, two people that, that I would say what I, I would call a friend. A lot of them are just people I, I will work with on a Friday night or a you know, Monday, Tuesday, JV game or something like that. I would only only call two a friend. Why? Why? Because time is not the only thing needed to become friends. Time is not the only thing needed to become friends. One of the most precious minerals on earth is called a diamond. Right? What did Marilyn say? Diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? Diamonds are a girl's best friend. How do you make a diamond? Yeah, time. 
Heat and pressure. Heat and pressure. Having really good friends is one of the most precious things any of us can have. In fact, research only tells us, well, you really only can have five close friends. Only have five. I checked checked my phone yesterday to see how many contacts I had in it between email contacts and phone contacts. Over 3,800. Over 3,800. How many Facebook friends do some of you have? 250, 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000? How many of those are really close friends? How do you know if you're a friend? How do you know if you have a friend, right? Basically when this, when the pressure comes, are they still around? When the, when the heat is on, are they still there? A few years ago, someone I knew got into some trouble. I published, published stuff in the paper about this person, and it, it was not good. It was not good. A couple years after this publishing um, I, I ran into this person. They told me that the original story did not tell the whole picture. He told me what actually happened. Of course, the, there was no retraction, but his reputation was ruined because of this. But as I was talking to him, he said, Kyle, I want to thank you. I said, what? He said, you were the only one that reached out to me when I was arrested. I was an acquaintance. It was somebody I knew. He had done a little bit of stuff here at the church for us in certain ministries, just briefly fill-in type thing. But I really wasn't a close friend. But outside of his family, no one but me had stood by him when the pressure was on and the heat was on. And all I did was simply send a text to let him know, man, I'm here if you need anything. All right? I hope you have that one person that comes to mind. When, when the heat is on, when the pressure is intense, I hope you have that one person, at least one person, maybe two, that comes to mind that you know are there. And, and I hope at some point you think, hey, wait a second, isn't God there? Yeah. Yeah, He is. God is there. But can I count on God as a friend? Is, is God a friend? When you, when you think that, is God my friend? Because when you think of all the things that we, we label God, we go, God is Lord, Father, King. But friend? Do we think about it that way? Because if you think about it, yeah, I've, I've mentioned before, hey, we serve a king. We serve a king. And, and, and if you look at kings in our world today, how many people are really friends with them? And if they are, they're probably looking for some extra benefits, right? You know, Jesus had just a few people around him. At the end of the journey, what did he call them? What did the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, what did he call his disciples? John 15, 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus makes it clear that something has changed in their relationship. Something has changed over over their years together. Now, whether disciples knew that he was referring to them as friends before this, I, I don't know. 
But at least right here, Jesus acknowledges, hey, today, now you are my friend. But, but, it, but it, look, all these years, it was a natural progression. It was a natural progression for Jesus to recognize them as friends. Why was it natural? It was natural because of the time that they spent, but not just in the time they spent, but in how they spent that time. Why did Carl and I become friends? I moved in when I was a sophomore. Carl was a junior. So for two years, we lived in the same house together. Actually, three years, because he went to graduate school. He stayed. So three years, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, we were in the same house together. And what were we doing? We were daily communication, daily contact. What were we actually doing? In-depth conversation. Experiencing the highs, experiencing the lows, experiencing the losses, experiencing the defeats all together. So what does this have to do with prayer? Harry Emerson Fosdick said, For prayer is neither chiefly begging for things, nor is it merely self-communion. It's that lofty experience within the reach of any soul, communion with God. What is communion with God? Daily contact. Daily communication. In-depth conversations. Experiencing the highs together. Experiencing the lows together. Experiencing the wins together. Experiencing the defeats together. And because we are friends with God, you know what we know? That when we pray, He hears. When we pray, He hears. The friends that you have now, if all the, 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 the person that you call a friend, if they did all the talking and you never got to talk, you probably wouldn't want to be their close friend. And conversely, you want a friend to listen to you. The psalmist and the prophet knew, knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, how God was in relation to them. The psalmist says, Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. Faithful. A servant who is faithful. And what happens? The Lord hears when I call to him. When I'm faithful, I know God will hear. And the prophet Micah said, But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for the God, my Savior. My God will hear me. He is confident that God will hear him. When we pray, God hears. When we pray, we are com in communion with God. When we, are when we pray, we are getting closer and closer to God. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it's impossible to please him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We come to our time in prayer with faith. Faith in God. Not faith in a mantra. Not faith in something we read. Not faith in a liturgy. Not faith in a process. But faith in the one who is listening. Faith in God. What happens when we keep this communion, this time of drawing near, what happens when we keep that? Well, there's, there are consequences slash rewards of being with God. We get His presence. We get His presence. You know, we know this with our mind. 
right? We know this with our mind. We've heard it, particularly at Christmas, because we're, we're told, hey, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So we know that somehow, some way, his presence is with us. The Spirit of God is with us. And it can be very real. And I hope if you experience this in, in a real and tangible way, it's not going to happen all the time. It's not going to happen 24-7. But there are times when you feel his presence with you. You can't explain it. You don't know what triggers it. But you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is here. God is in my midst. I feel his presence. And he says this, when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Another reward, consequence, he'll give us his strength. You know, you've heard of, of parents, heard stories about parents having these, this supernatural strength to save their child. They can't explain it, but they just have it. Something happens, they can just literally save their child with this physical strength that in normal circumstances, they could not do. And this is one of those things where, where it's probably hindsight that many of us look back and go, how did I make it through that? How did I survive that treatment? How did I survive that period in my life? Not on my strength, but the strength of God. Can't explain it. Can't put my finger on at the moment that strength came upon my life. But looking back, it wasn't me. That was God. Can I tell you? For the last year, I couldn't tell you how, but I know, but I know, I know his strength has been with me and it's been with a number of our leaders in this church. He gives strength to the weary. Isaiah tells us he gives strength to the weary, increases power of the weak. That's the promise of Scripture. Also, reward is his guidance. Just sometimes you know. Just sometimes you know. This, this is what I'm supposed to do. I know God is behind this. The backstory to Bobby coming, I approached her a few months ago. And she said, No, I don't think so. Seriously. She said, No, I'm good. She, probably, she might have thinking, I'm good. She might have said that. I don't know. But, but yeah, I had a conversation with her. She said, yeah, just, just not the right time. What has happened? God is guiding. God is guiding. You know, there's going to be times where you just simply have a peace about a decision. What is that? If you've drawn near to God, he's going to give you that peace because the rewards of drawing near to God is that consequence of having that peace that he is guiding you. So why does God want to be with us? Why does he want to help us to literally give us strength beyond our normal limits? Why does God want to make us, move us to make decisions that work out really well for us? Because that's what friends do. That's what friends do. Your friend is waiting for you. He is listening. He is available. He has been honest with you. You have his letter. He's written his letter to you. And he's been honest with who he is and what he has promised to you. He's not going to give up on you. Read his letter. Read his love story 
to you. And he's ready, willing, and able to help you. So will you draw near to God in these moments? Will you connect with your friend? The prayer cards in the pew backs. And as we sing this last song, I'm going to invite Lee and Laura Grace uh, up on stage. As we sing this last song, feel free to share your prayers. Feel free to share your prayers. As you lay them on the altar, you're basically saying, God, do what only you can do. God, do only what you can do. Let's pray. God, of all the names we call you, King, Lord, Redeemer, Adonai, Jehovah, Yahweh, the one that reminds us that you will always be with us is friend. Thank you for hearing us, for staying with us, for giving us your strength and for guiding us. Continue to pour out your spirit on the prayers of your friends. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.